okay with Sean Newcomb. Triggerland is the feature film played the experimental music film festival. This movie has a lot of movie parts to it. It's really a music video, but it's also experimental in nature. It's got some animation. It's very dramatic. It's got uh, definitely a beginning, middle and end story, but with abstract kind of elements to it, extremely ambitious project uh, for an hour kind of film. I don't really ever see, I, I probably see the most dance music, experimental films probably in the world <laughs> yeah. and uh and i haven't seen a film like this before so uh sean amazing job i'm just so so curious about how this kind of project started was it always going to be this one this this hour kind of uh music video no it wasn't this project the music was was first and the music started about 10 years ago i wanted to develop a style of music um that's that kind of bridged audiences and that didn't that allowed the string quartet to do what we're trained to do, which is play virtuosic style music. Um, and as the recording finished up about a, about a year ago, uh, my my quartet, Bayo String Quartet, we started thinking, how can we, we be reaching larger audiences? Um, and I'd always been interested in film and we've made a lot of music videos that I've always produced and filmed. And I thought, I'm gonna turn this into a movie. So December 22nd, um, made the decision and January 23 started filming and wrapped May 23. So it was a crazy turnaround. And so what's your experience making movies? Um, well, in high school, I had a very, really simple AV course with filmed a movie with my friends and we kept doing stuff like that. And then I stopped and uh, full-time musician, but about maybe eight years ago, I started getting back into it. I've always been really interested in cinematography and light and how that stuff works. Cause it's so related to music and the nuance of color and texture. Um, and I've always watched. So I would say over the last eight years, I've probably filmed and produced maybe 10 music videos that have all been fully storyboarded and really thought through in terms of the shot, the shot list and the shot set up and each one just added an element of intricacy. So doing the Triggerland movie, it wasn't uh, just jumping in. Okay, let's see. It was really had been led up to um, for about a decade of, of doing smaller projects that led to it. So you were prepared? Mostly, yeah. I had to get some lighting things and I had to do some delving into some of the digital uh, way of filming that was a little bit new for me, but a lot of the, the concepts were similar. I just needed, I think I gave myself uh, three and a half weeks of prep time, test shooting, trying stuff. I had never done stop animation, so I did tests with that stuff and then just went right in. So the, in, the animation, how did you, because it's sort of like, it's kind of like overdrawn on on the on the characters in the film, including yourself. So how was yeah. that kind of accomplished doing that kind of animation? So some of it is legitimate to stop animation. Took my son's uh, excavator; he didn't know, and I just did the you know however many uh, movements I needed to get the shots that I wanted. And then I knew I didn't have time to do um, full twenty four movements per second, so I allowed myself to do only six, and then digitally sped it up or slowed it down just to save time. And then once I had everything edited together for the stop animation or the live shots of myself in that case, um, I did a series of layering. Um, so I used some embossing, I used some um, posturing, posturizing, and then I used some digital animation uh, plugins that I found, and I just did about four different layers of that, and then just kept tweaking settings until I got a look that came across um, like it was somewhat animated, but still had an element of reality. Um, and so it was, I knew what the look I wanted it was, but it was a lot of experimenting to kind of find it. So this is this is about part of your this is the Bayo string quartet. This is all yeah. kind of about about the, the four of you guys 
tour across America and kind of make albums. And now you made this epic music video. Yeah, that's correct. And you're like the you're the trigger, I guess. The, the pardon the pun, the trigger of uh, of this kind of uh, this this music video. Like you told your guys, like we let's let's do the trigger land. Yeah, I mean they were a full they were on board with the album from the start. But uh, yeah, and that I remember the rehearsal. I locked in. I'm sorry, guys. I had a horrible idea, but I think we have to do it. I think we have to make a movie. Which in this case, that means. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And they're super easy to work with. We've been together for eight years. Like you said, we tour and we concertize. That's our full-time thing. So they're super easy to work with. And in the course of doing our music videos over the last eight years, we've really dove into the idea of even something simply, how do we make our instruments? Because our instruments are so effective live. You can't recreate that energy that you get from a live concert with a string quartet. How yeah. do we translate that over camera in, in you know, lighting and angles, of course, but it's more than that. It's how we we act and how we use our bows and our emotions um, and so they're fantastic to work with because we dive into the mechanics of all of that so a lot of this filming all of the quartet stuff that you see in the whole movie was shot in just two full days um, and that was the only time we brought in a separate um, camera person a friend of ours who works works for, for camera at the for tv industry yeah. um, and so they were we were like lucky that the other three gentlemen were willing to do that so they just, you guys just sat down and, and, and started playing your music and then they just, they like, in, gen, in general terms, they just shot you. They just shot you kind of in different close-ups and different in positions during the whole kind of hour music-a-thon. In that case, we had, we had two eight-hour sessions and we would record each track. We would do four full passes of each track. And I worked with Andy to set up, I think, for this track on, in this time we should focus here, this time we should focus here. Um, we would talk about the tone. We wanted each video to have a tone that matched the imagery of it. So sometimes very quick shots, some, you know, of the, the quick pans, sometimes the slight Dutch angles to match the, the when the music isn't quite doing that. So it was a lot of uh, work leading up to it. And Andy really got to know the tracks. And then anytime I'm not on screen, I could literally just be yelling, hey, move to second violin or something like that. So it was a real collaboration in getting that. And then we also did a series of inserts. We took four hours to do a bunch of insert shots where I knew we wanted really specific close-ups of the left hand or the right hand or some kind of motion and then put it all together. But so you guys, okay, I'm curious about your origin story because you guys said you guys have been around for eight years. That's that's a long time for a band because you guys are a band, right? And uh, everybody has their certain roles. Like, well, from a musical standpoint, you play the viola, you play the guitar, you play the drums. And then Ryan, I guess, is the cello, the keyboard and percussion. Andrew, or Geo, is uh, the violin. And then, and then, and then, so is Jason, percussion. So you guys all have your own role. So I'm just like naming your guys. And, and, uh, and so when, how did you guys all come together? Where did you meet? Who came first? What was the, what's the origin story for your uh, relationship? Yeah. So Jason, who plays violin, is my brother. And we grew up. Oh, he's your brother. Only, okay. Yeah. Same yeah, last only, name. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's only a year and a, a year and two weeks older than me. We grew up, our dad started teaching us violin when we were three and four. So we had a family string quartet and we, all four of us went to um, big music conservatories and have uh, went the classical route, played in orchestras. Well, it's the family so Jason, business, I guess. Right. 
Yeah, it was. It wasn't away. And I, I was living in New Zealand playing an orchestra there. And I was sick of not living in the same city as Jason. So I moved to Pittsburgh where he was finishing up an artist diploma for violin. And we decided to start a quartet. We found Ryan, who was in town from cello. We knew he was a fantastic cellist. And we've had a, a little turnover on our second on our other violin. And Gio joined us about two years ago. He played in a professional string quartet for nine years before he moved to Pittsburgh and joined up with us. And we play standard classical concerts. We just last weekend we're at Wildflower Festival playing Beethoven and Glazunov and Shostakovich. But we're we also do contemporary work where we'll play classical contemporary music that's more avant-garde. But then I also write a lot of music for us, which Triggerland falls into this category, where I bring in uh, synthesizers or other types of drums where I play um, and the other guys will take on other roles like whistling or doing some light percussion or sample work. So we really, the goal is to exist as a 21st century string quartet where it's not about genre or style, but rather it's just about trying to present music that we think should be presented at a specific level because we love it. And, it's, and you perform generally original music? We, it, it really depends. Like these two weeks, we're in residence here at Lakeside Chautauqua, and we're playing only standard classical music. We did a concert with some Glazunov and some contemporary Amer American uh, classical composers. We haven't done any crossover stuff in these two weeks. But coming up, I think like in October, we're doing a big club show in Charlotte where we're collaborating with experimental rock musicians to do stuff that uses live sampling and we'll have multi-effects processing on our instruments. So it really depends on the show um, or the venue, but we, it, you know, just depends. And then and you write you write a lot of the music? Any of the original stuff that we play, I write all of it. And uh, I'm, again, lucky that my my colleagues are asking me to do it and are happy to play it. We get together and learn it. And like something like Triggerland took, you know, about four years to record because it's mm. just, it's such a specific way of recording um, to get the sounds that we want to avoid a lot of the specific sounds that we're not crazy over about. So, okay. So you guys are all based in Pittsburgh, you were mentioning? Yeah, we're all in Pittsburgh. Yep. So that's the that's your kind of home base. Yep. And so then your dad's so your your brother. You guys are only one year apart. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah your mom close. must have been busy. Yeah, she. Because <laughs> yeah. I have kids two years apart, and it's crazy for me. I can't imagine one year apart. So. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I have I have two little little guys two years apart too, and I'm like, man, I don't know how they did it. Yeah, so that's so cool because I guess you guys became you guys are like best friends, or because you're so close in age and you're the genetically linked and et cetera, et cetera. I guess right. Yeah, you know, we've been told a couple. We, we used to do like string quartet competitions when we were younger, and that was one of the things that we were always told is that it's really hard for a string quartet to stay together. It's a really particular yeah. lifestyle. It's a tough lifestyle, um, and one of the things that can help it. We were told by multiple people who are in legacy string quartets is having a pair of siblings is really great because it kind of can anchor it down. Um, and we're very close with Ryan and and Geo as well. We're not we're a family. All of us. We all have kids. We all see each other all the time, and that's why we can. But it's a double edged sword too right because family doesn't all cannot like sometimes it gets there's your your because there's more than one relationship happening it's like you're 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 his brother but you're also part of the band right so it's yeah. like it's hard to have two relationships happening at the same time there's that there's that trust obviously like one would assume but i've i've seen business relationships i've seen family businesses like just be terrible because they can't they can't be like brothers and business partners at the same time yeah, that's really tough. And especially because like we uh, 
a lot of uh, classical organizations go the nonprofit route. We decided early we're not doing that, and we started our own label. We have our own publishing, and so we legitimately have this business side that we're building too. That we we want to make sure that the relationships on that side we're always aware of what they are because the second the four of us are in a rehearsal, we want to make sure that's a specific. Um, level of trust as you're saying so yeah it's, we're all aware of it and we're all okay with talking about it and that's I guess the key to I think most relationships do you have any other siblings nope just the two of us I think they had it and they thought that's enough <laughs> and, and what does your dad think uh of this your 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 quartet and everything that's happening Oh, he loves it. He loves it. He's been a lifelong subscriber to Fanfare Magazine, which does all the reviews. And he said he would stop the subscription when we got reviewed and our 131 album came out in January and they got, I think, four or five star reviews. And he said he he bought us all a copy and sent it to us. And he was so excited that it was in there. So that so you guys, so you you started playing the violin when you were three years old. I thought I didn't even know if they're allowed to even do that now. It's like they, they have to wait a few years. The, you know, strings are strings and piano are, are some of the few instruments that like with woodwinds and stuff, you have to wait to develop the young lung sure, capacity. Sure, yeah, but I stuff, thought but even with, violin, you have to wait long. Like uh, I heard you have to wait longer, no? No, I was three and um, our, our dad taught, he started the string program in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. So he was, his job was teaching strings. So he started us that young. That's pretty typical. I think like our cellist Ryan didn't start till age nine. And that's pretty atypical for someone of his caliber and professional level of playing to start that late, actually. Yeah. I have a, there's a, my, my daughter's seven and she plays the piano, but she has a friend um, who, uh, Aria, and she basically, and she, and she's like a classic, uh, she's like a, the, and I live in Canada. She's like one of the top like uh, piano players in, in, in Canada. And she does like these like worldwide kind of con contests and stuff like that. And she, the, her, like my daughter can play the piano, but her level of piano playing she can at seven years old. She she can play the piano better than I can do anything in my entire I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it is it kind of blows me away of like the, the talent. Obviously, there's discipline. It's like it's like talent and 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 skills, right? Where yeah, you yeah. you have a certain people. This something about I'm sure I don't know if you can agree with this, but there's something about certain people if they played the same instrument, something jumps out. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I really, I mean, piano and, and, and it's where various forms and stringed instruments have been around for hundreds of years. There's, <laughs> they're really humanistic instrument instruments, the way they, the way they are approached. And I can't help think that when people start that early, it really develops the neurons, the way they get connected in the brain and it keeps helping that. So it might start with what some people call talent, but it develops into muscle memory yeah. that, and it stays and that develops on that. And it just, yeah, I think it's fascinating what it can do to the human brain. And certain people just have rhythm, right? Yeah, yeah. And some certain people don't, right? Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. That's just amazing that your dad did that. It's like you're you're so you you're you're you because I see on your tour dates you are going back to North uh, North Dakota sometimes, right? Yeah, we go back. We have a standing residency with Minot State University. We go there and we get to uh, be uh, faculty at. Dakota Chamber Music, where we teach chamber music to amateurs and professionals. Um, and so we love keeping that relation alive. It's uh, North Dakota is a special place for us. So tell me about the the animation with your with your film. I'm just, that's pretty bold that you decided to do some stop motion animation in your in your film. Tell, but that must have been a pretty uh, difficult uh, task, I, one would assume, to kind of pull that yeah, off. Yeah, that was 
that stressed me out. I thought that mm -hmm. the story is so intense. I thought it needed the lightheartedness of some kind of animation to juxtapose the, the heaviness of the, the music and the topic. And about three years ago, we had hired an animator to do the actual animation that takes place in the last track in the track Triggerland. But I knew that we couldn't couldn't go that route because of the timeline that I was trying to work under. So I thought stop animation. And so I literally just set up in, uh, in our studio and started going and kind of learned a little bit um, as I went to test shots and then just just went. Luckily, I had watched over and over when I was younger the the making of the Nightmare Before Christmas, and I'm obsessed with uh, watching the making of things. Like I've seen all of the making of Lord of the Rings, like the nine hours things. I've watched it multiple times, so I had at least seen some stuff that helped me. Um, but yeah, that was just dove in and and did what I could. And you, are you guys, can you, can people listen to your music anywhere, like on, on Spotify or is, yep. or, uh, yeah. Yep. We're on all the major, major streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, um, Deezer, Amazon, and uh, soon we'll be launching our, our store on our own website, baostringquartet.com, where you can buy physical albums directly from us as well. Ooh, like a vinyl, like vinyl albums or no? We haven't done vinyl yet. We have five albums out that we only have them as discs, but vinyl's definitely on our, like, Maybe not quite. We can't quite justify that, but we, we want to get there. Do you hear when you listen to something on vinyl and, and, and besides like, say, like a, a regular Spotify, do you hear something different? People swear by this. Um, I for me personally, I it, it's not just the vinyl. It's the, the combination of the vinyl, what it's being played through and the speakers. But I definitely sure. Of course. Think, yeah. When, when things are set up in that way. Yeah, I think I definitely hear So the same uh, setup. I have my phone on Spotify, same setup, same speakers. One's playing on Spotify, one's playing on vinyl. You could tell the difference. Yeah, I think I think I could. Um, same with like I do all the sound engineering for all of our albums too, and I was very made. Uh, we have we have good equipment, good mics, good preamps, but I never went to buy anything or to try and get something just because it's supposed to be this is always no we're going to test it and when i can hear the difference and i think that it's there then it makes sense so for me the there's a reason there's a resurgence of vinyl i think and it has to do with the quality i mean analog to digital they're both amazing uh, but they have it's different sides of a, of a similar coin maybe it's interesting how like that that like these these new these early inventions kind of stand the test of time right it's, oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting because it's like it's like you figure that technology, you know. What I mean? It just it did. I find that fascinating that something that one of the first like you know that's what they used to do. You used to go back in the forties and fifties. Used to go into a studio and they recorded your your album on a vinyl, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. And you're just like a rent, but you're a renaissance man. Like you said, you're doing engineering. You play all these instruments. Like you make you're directing a film. Like like is what, what what don't you do? You know, you did animation. <laughs> it's it's all part of the same thing, you know. It's um, we we I was reared in the conservatory, the conservatory, the realm of of music, where you go and you study to play in an orchestra, or you try to have a delude yourself into thinking you might have a solo career. Which if you don't have one by you know age twelve, you're not going to have one. And how do you continue? going through with art art is absolutely relevant in all of its capacities for today but if everything keeps getting compartmentalized you have an engineer you have a composer you have a teacher that's all of these different segments get pushed out maybe they 
get further and further from each other. And I just was really think it's important that to do music, you have to understand it from the inside. And I think that filming and doing music production is a similar thing. How do I know what sound I want to record if I've not had that sound experience playing an instrument? How do I uh, know what I want to see on the screen, how it reflects with the music if I haven't experienced that? So it's not... It's out of wanting to understand, um, push my understanding of what art is and try to pay homage to the amazing importance and amazing um, people that have come before uh, us that allow us to enjoy art on every level um, that we can. So the one last, so talk talk to me about the, another creative element, the editing process, because you have 59 minutes and you're, you're kind of nailing different tones like you got from 80s infomercial to classic kind of music you're kind of all over the place right tone wise and uh so when you're in the editing room kind of and you got obviously everything's the music your music is carrying the story telling the story how are you putting it all together like how like when you're sitting there on your on your computer and you're kind of i don't know if you're using adobe whatever you're using how you like what do you what's that process for you and for this film the 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 nice thing is going in to the creating the storyboards. I mean, I, I know the music inside and out since I wrote it and I already have an idea of what the tone is. Um, so when we're filming, uh, when I'm filming, I'm really filming to the edit. I already know what it is. There was very, very. You're, you're little... taught not to do that in film school, by the way, but, but if it works for you, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that doing this would have been possible without that because yeah. it was to the wire <laughs> what we had. Um, but also, I'm not, the difference is I could see why that could be taught because you still need to find the narrative and how it unfolds visually. But in our case, it's all there with the music. Yeah. Like it, this really is about the music. The arc is there. The shape is there. Even the tonal fluctuations are there. The, the visuals are already written into the music. The one with the 80s style, there's already that written into the music. So very little of it was having to find tonal yeah. center or anything. It was about how to actuate it. How do I film it? And then how do I get the tone, the actual look, which is less about the edit and more about um, the post-production work of getting the look and getting the right, the right LUTs to fit this and do the color grading in a way. It was more of that. Yeah. that stuff less less of the edit the edit went pretty quick i would say it was getting the the look to that took a while that said your music like you just said like it's telling the story and it's telling the tone but the visuals can either take away from that or it can it can add to that and so there's a fine line between taking just in, the audience just disengages by what they see they something doesn't feel real to them and they just kind of like shut down what they see visually and then or like you said like adding you've done music videos kind of adding to the to the song without kind of like overwhelming the, the music kind of that's another fine line too right so it's all like, like, i guess a massage in a sense yeah and actually those those things that you mentioned are I, i'm paranoid about that stuff because yeah. you're exactly right it can, <laughs> they can cancel each other out if it's and i don't that's the, the problem with doing a project like this in such a quick turnaround is trying to always be aware of that but not having the the ability to step away for a month and come back and look at it fresh. So uh, that's, I'm sure I'll, I'll think differently about that when I go back to it, you know, next month or whatever, think, Oh God, why did I do this? But I, that's, that's the nature of it. I guess. Yeah. That's you, they, they say, you don't like, uh, I've said this a couple of times, but they, you don't finish a, a project, you abandon it because you just like, it's never going to be exactly what you want. Right. 
Sure. Or you run out of time, right? You just go, oh, that's where it is. Which is the more the obvious, yeah, the more the the realistic because you do run out of time because you want to move on, right? You want to, you got stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. So you guys ever in Canada? I love to see you guys or I love oh, to see you guys play. We haven't been. We've done South America. We've done uh, a couple You've done of South America, which is a great continent, but you never, never done no, North of the border. You're close to I, Pittsburgh is like what four hours away? Like it's like it's like two it's, and a half from Niagara Falls, right? Yeah, it's it's very close. And I grew up in North Dakota. I spent a lot of time in Canada. I love Canada. We have, I think, our our, our uh, manager on the classical side of things has actually been setting up some collaborations with some fantastic um, Canadian um, pianists. So I think there is a good chance that we might be in Canada, if not this next season, the season after. But we'll we're definitely trying to get up there. Well, tell your manager that I'm I'm I live I live in Toronto now, but I'm from actually Niagara. Falls originally grew up born and raised you guys would play well in Niagara Falls in the certain okay. kind of tourist pockets sure sure certain little certain kind of like there's lots of there's lots of venues there at the casino casino venue certain like like you know from like 5,000 seats to like 200 seats whatever kind of uh, atmosphere you want but or you could or you can get to be honest but but meaning that you guys would play very well in, in that in that kind of tourist kind of uh, venue because it's like you guys you have so, there's something for everybody and it's a different generations as well right like 10 year olds are going to get get into what you guys do and obviously a 90 year old will get to you that's Niagara Falls in a nutshell right so sure sure so and tell you, yeah, tell your manager that. So I will. That's my two cents. I will tell her. <laughs> so tell me about what did you think about we send the audience to you in the audience feedback video? What did you think about what they had to say about your film? It was uh it was really fun to watch. It was um I didn't it I it wasn't even about agreeing or disagreeing. It was just more fascinating to get to hear people's thoughts on it. Um uh, I think that especially as is primarily being a, a string quartet our goal is to put everything we have into interpreting and understanding art the way we see it but ultimately when we perform it's in the ears of the beholder and in this case it's in the eyes of the beholder so there was a lot of comments making connections that weren't intentional and weren't necessarily how I thought of them but I love that because that means yeah. that there's a certain level of engagement and that's I mean that's what what better thing can there be for art than there being some kind of humanistic engagement on a level so it, that was really fun to get to see and experience that I sent it to the rest of the quartet guys too and I think they had a blast getting to see that yeah, well that's music right in a nutshell it's like because we're in especially the kind of experimental nature of this film where we're coming at it from each individual viewer has their own life experience, right? You're giving us emotions, but we're interpreting that emotion for our own life from who we are as a human, I guess. Right. 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 Yep. So yeah, it's an amazing job. It's like, it's like, cause I was, when I first watched it, I was like, I hope they, they hang on to this film, meaning that cause it's so, it's a long film. It's like, they got to hang on, like meaning that like, it does it don't take it. Don't, push the viewer away like it's and you did a good job so that's why i was curious even about your editing it's just like nice job for your first this is your first feature i'm assuming right yes it is yes. you got a feature under your belt <laughs> might be the last but that's okay i had a blast doing it <laughs> but yeah and i'd love to see you in person i hope to meet you in person i'd love to see your band play i really i really would and uh because i think you guys are are really fantastic and, and there's a there's a positive energy to what you guys do and even you're a very positive guy as well. But I like that kind of like it's that that's that, that's intoxicating in a good way, meaning that we need more of that. We need more of that in our society. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. 
Well, everyone over there does an awesome job. It was so great to see that. And uh, I thank so much for letting me come on and actually talk with you. It's been great. All right. Well, let's talk soon when you make your next feature film. <laughs> that sounds good. Take care. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hasenbemp Incorporated.